Hey everybody, this is Kendra, and you are listening to Nocturnal Distractions. I obviously have been MIA for a little while. Um, this episode is not going to be covering a case today, just because I feel the need to... vent or talk or I don't even know like I look this is my platform okay and as my audience any of you that are actually still listening out there and listening to this I feel like in a way you um deserve to kind of know why there's nothing that's been out at all and so we're going to get a little personal in this, in this particular episode, um, about basically my life the last four or five months or so, and just some things in general that I think need to be talked about because I'm confused by stuff and we're just going to put it that way. Um, I have been in, was in a five, almost about a five and a half year relationship that a week ago ended, um, not by my choice, but by his. And things have been kind of rocky for a little while, I suppose, but there was always hope there because we had been together for five years and when you're with somebody for five years and you've gone through a lot of ups and downs and and you've always made it through i mean of course there's there's always that hope and there's always that thought of we'll get through this too we're gonna turn this corner we're gonna be together forever like that's always been the plan that's what we've always talked about and and to lose that hope like within <laughs> overnight and a lot lose a lot of other things too in general as far as emotions not as far as like um anything material wise is so detrimental and so chaotic my my brain's kind of chaotic right now and i apologize so it's going to be kind of chaotic anyway mainly because it's it's 4 30 in the morning right now and unfortunately nighttime is the worst time to deal with any of this stuff because nobody's awake and there's nobody to talk to there's nobody to vent to there's nobody to tell me that i didn't do anything wrong and reassure me that it's not my fault, that type of a thing. It's just me sitting here with my own thoughts, which aren't always the greatest, even though I can logically in the back of my head be logical. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it stays logical. So... Uh, 
But I'm going to start out with talking about trust and loyalty and honesty. Because that, that's what a relationship is, is built on. And that's what our relationship was built on, has been built on, was built on completely and utterly. And I had no reason at all whatsoever to doubt that at all. I had never trusted another person more in my entire life, entire life. I trusted him wholly, completely, and without any thought. Because I just, I did, you know, and we would talk about that, about the trust and the loyalty and the honesty and how we didn't have a whole bunch of stuff all over Facebook, that lovey-dovey stuff in the, in the relationship and a bunch of pictures because it wasn't necessary for us because it, for us, it, it didn't matter who knew we were in a relationship because who cares, you know, we had each other and, and the goal for us was always to move in together. He lives in a different city than I do, but I have a daughter who's in high school, so I, I couldn't just uproot her. And so we knew it would be a little while, but that was always the end goal. That was always the end game. And we had discussed it multiple times. And he has a good job and is making good money. And so he was approved for a loan for a house. And we started looking at houses together because he wanted me to be there with him because we were, so, we were looking for our house. We, we were looking for the house that we would going to spend the rest of our lives together in. Um, and it was, it was great at first because it was like exciting and it was, you know, of course it is. And it's a little scary too, because I haven't lived with anybody for a while now, but that's the next step. And, 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 and it's not like rushing into it. Like a lot of relationships do where they're together a month and then they're moving in together. I mean, we we knew each other we there wasn't any rushing into anything and i don't know when things shifted exactly like to where i could actually tell that they shifted as far as i could semi pinpoint it'd be around the end of the year um and it was like stuff stuff shifted to where it didn't feel so much like we were looking for our house anymore. It felt like he was looking for his house and I was along for the ride kind of. And then one day he said that there was this guy that he had a friend that knew and this guy had just gotten a job somewhere else. So they were going to be leaving and they had a house that they were going to have to sell and it was a decent house, etc. And so on a Monday night, which is a night that I lead a women's self 
or women's support group every single Monday from seven till, you know, six thirty till eight thirty, nine o'clock, whenever we decide that we're done. And I've been doing that every Monday for a year. And this was back in like February. And he made like an appointment basically with the guy that same day for seven o'clock that night. And I'm like, well, I can't be there because I have my meeting. And he was like, oh yeah, that's right. And it's like, that was kind of the first thing I, it's been a year. I have it every Monday for a year. How do you not know this? But I let it go. And during that hour that I was in the meeting, he looked at the house. He put an offer in on this house that had not even been appraised yet. And they accepted the offer. So by the time I was done with my meeting, he had basically bought a house that I had never seen, knew nothing about. Nothing. And mind you, this house was not even on the market yet. So it's not like it was a, you have to move super, super quick. I mean, the market, you do have to move quick, but not when it's not even on the market or listed. And he sent me some pictures and, and, and some information. And I realized that it was like a barely 80 square feet larger than my apartment. And it's like, how, how is that? going to be big enough for both of us when I need at least a room for my craft stuff. And then I guess they, they threw in some furniture too. And one of my stipulations this entire time was I have a couch that is super comfortable for my parents' house, most comfortable couch ever. And I told them from the very start, like this couch is going with me. Like that's, there's no, there's no even arguing on that. There wouldn't have been room where, where would I put any of my stuff? My, the couch, my grandma's writing desk, my grandpa's bookshelves that he built by hand, shelves that he built by hand, art desk that he built by hand, my art stuff. I mean, it's like I was an afterthought in the entire process. If that, I had no say in it. And when I tried to bring that up, it was turned around into me saying that he didn't buy a good enough house, which I never said. It's a nice house. It is. It's a nice house for one person. It just not big enough for both of us. And it's, it was way smaller than any house we had ever even looked at. But he would always try to turn it around as if I was saying something wrong. And putting words in my mouth. So that's one of the first things I want to get to because this is some of the stuff that, I mean, like I kind of saw, but like I couldn't quite understand it because I, that behavior had never he had never acted like that. That behavior had never shown itself at all until like I said the last four or five months 
And so I was confused. I was confused and I was, I was trying to figure out what, what was going on, what was happening, what I didn't know. I didn't know. And every time he'd say, well, we, we should sit down and talk about things. Well, we never would. Like I'd go down to his place and nothing would ever get talked about at all. And so I had had hope that once he got settled in, you know, and maybe it was one of those things where, you know, eventually I could move down there and just have my own place. That's fine with me. You know, I, I, I honestly, that would have been fine. You know, living in the same city, at least having our own places is not necessarily a bad thing. There are couples that live in separate houses next to each other or in the same city because they have to have their own space and they work better that way. And if he had that in his mind or if he had it in his mind that, that I wasn't going to be living in the house, like I wish he would just said something because I had been under the impression the entire time that we were looking for our future house. And so when he got this house, I tried to be excited. I tried to be happy, but I couldn't because I was so hurt. And so just hurt and upset and dismissed. And then he would get mad at me for not being excited and happy and whatnot. And even after I explained to him, like, I'm, I find it very hard to be excited about a house that I had no say in, that you didn't even talk to me about. And it's not my house. It's, it, it's your house. It's never going to be our house. Because right after he bought the house, he actually referred to it for the very first time as his house. And as soon as he said that, it's like in my head, something went, there it is. There's that, there's that little voice that, that had been cropping up every once in a while, but that was the first time he'd actually said his house. And that broke my heart. Like, how am I supposed to be happy and excited about something like that then? And that's, that plays into that nar narcissistic behavior, narcissistic behavior, gaslighting. There's a lot of that going on that I didn't even know was going on because I've never, I've never had it happen before. And it's a terrible thing is I know what it is. I know what it is when it's happening. If it's happening to one of my friends or somebody else, I'm like, that's fucking gaslighting. He's gaslighting, that's projecting his own whatever onto you, like, dude, you know, and you can't see it when it's happening to you because you, you don't want to believe it first. And it's so out of character that you can't quite wrap your mind around it. And 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 you get all sorts of confused, right? Because of the fact that it's gaslighting and that's the whole point of it. 
Um, and it doesn't help, I suppose, that I am a highly, highly empathic person. And funny thing is, the empath-narcissist relationship is one of the most common and one of the most toxic relationships. And I would tell that to people all the time because I knew that, but I couldn't see that I was in one of those relationships. And the narcissist will completely suck the empath dry and the empath just wants to help and do everything right. And I didn't see it right in front of my face, right in front of my face. Um, so I've got some stuff online that I just looked up mainly just so I have like the right uh, definitions of some of this stuff, like what narcissism is and whatnot. Um, and uh, when it comes to narcissistic stuff too, uh, I'm sure some of you have heard the, the phrase word salad before, which is something that is used quite often if there's an argument or a discussion. Um, basically, it is uh, defined as... Hold on, i got to find it now. Um, word salad refers to a circular language tactic used by one individual to ensure that talks never end positively for the other. It is a technique for ex for exerting influence over another person's views or ideas, emotional response, or access to information. Blame shifting, projection, gaslighting, stonewalling, sympathy ploys, or playing the victim, equivocating, changing the subject, and putting the partner on the defensive, among other techniques, may be utilized. The objective of narcissistic word salad is to use our own conversations against us and denying us a voice to even, even to talk. Um, basically, uh, when you, when you're, when you are around or with a narcissist and, and they start with the word salad and nothing gets accomplished because it's just, stuff just goes around in circles. It just gets repeated. And, and, and then when they keep repeating things, like you start to feel like, you're missing something because why would they keep saying it? Obviously, if, if, you know, and it doesn't help too that I have mental health diagnosis. You know, I've got major depression. I have anxiety, panic disorders, insomnia. I have terrible ADHD. Like there's a lot of stuff there that, I can't remember everything all the time and I try as hard as I can and I've been trying, but when you're not diagnosed with that kind of stuff, especially the ADHD until you're 31, you don't have those coping skills. You don't, you don't have those tools available or you haven't learned the tools that are necessary to keep your life semi-organized. I'm working on it. It's a very hard process. It's breaking. I'm 37 now, but 
it it's trying to break 31 years of habits you know that i had beforehand but when they do the word salad it's like when you've addressed the issue in the conversation you're discussing it again a few minutes later and they haven't heard any of your points and they they continually defend their views and and what they want to say but won't listen to the other person and that happened with me when i expressed my feelings about the house situation i don't think he responded at all a single word when i told him how hurt i was and how i felt at the same time they also emphasize a lot of times the other person's wrongdoings so he would bring up things that i wasn't doing correctly i wasn't working hard enough to fix my mental health problems that can't be fixed i wasn't working hard enough to make changes in my life and things like that when we live in different towns we're not together all the time how does he know that and then i start feeling like i'm not doing enough which doesn't help uh, patronizing condescending over generalizations like why can't you just do it if you say that to somebody who has major depression and and or in a throes of adhd paralysis saying something like that is not helpful not helpful at all um projection projection's a big one and blaming like you know um you always forget everything and and i can never do any we can never do anything because i always have to cater to your anxiety and whether or not you'll have it and i'm always having to etc etc and it's like we've been together five years this this isn't new this isn't something new i've developed like this is always been a thing and 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 when somebody says stuff like that to you about the stuff that you can't control it makes it worse because it only brings light to the fact that you can't control it and then that makes you feel bad which makes it worse which makes you feel bad which makes you know it's a cycle and then they get mad at you when you're unhappy uh and then the gaslighting comes in gaslighting you know i knew what gaslighting was too but again you don't see it right in front of your face it's so ridiculous it's like i knew it but i didn't want to believe it i wanted to think that there was something else going on that maybe he was just super stressed about the house and and all this other stuff and i kept making excuses in my head for him as opposed to him apologizing for his behavior 
Um, and so some of, of, of the, and, and this is also kind of too, for any of you out there who might be, you know, listening to this and going, oh my gosh, that sounds super familiar. Um, that's what it is, just so you know. Uh, there are some common gaslighting phrases that I know that I had heard. Like, I did that because I was trying to help you. That's one that was used a lot. He felt, or he said he wanted to help me. He thought that he needed to fix me, even though I had told him numerous times in the last five years, I don't need you to fix me. I can't be fixed because when you have chemical imbalances and you've got stuff in your head, it, it's never going to be fixed. There's always going to be something broken. I mean, for lack of a better term, I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to fix me. Um, saying things like that's not what happened. And making me doubt, well, is it what happened? Am I remembering wrong? Because my memory isn't always the best. Like, could I have gotten it wrong? Um, things like, that's not what I meant. And <laughs> how am I supposed to know what you mean if you don't tell me? All I have is my own perceptions through text messages or whatever else on, on a situation. So if I take it the wrong way, then that's fine. Tell me that that's, it's not what you mean, but, but don't make it seem like I'm in the wrong for misinterpreting it. I'm too sensitive. Yeah, that, that's part of being an empath. It's called highly sensitive person uh you're overthinking it you're making that up you're overreacting um there's one in here really big we already talked about this don't you remember the problem is nothing was ever talked about and i know that i knew that when he would say stuff like that i knew i knew that we hadn't talked about it but it would make me doubt myself like did we talk about it i don't remember talking about it how could i have forgotten it Um, I'm not making any sense. Why are you trying to confuse me? Get your facts straight. You never told me that when there were times when I knew for sure that I told him that because there was through a text message. Those were the times that I was able to at least bring it up on my phone and be like, yes, I did. And even then he wouldn't apologize and be like, I'm sorry. I, I, you're right. You did tell me that. It would be a, oh, I must have missed it. Or I must, I was really busy at work probably. And I, I looked at it and for like, never apologizing. But if I forgot something, 
it, it was the end of the world and it was stuff that he really hadn't told me. And then some of the other ones are like, I only do it because I love you so much. You know, the phrases like that, that it makes you feel like, okay, well, they, they care about me. They love me. What I, what I'm, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. Um, And so there was more that, but like I said, up until four or five months, like those behaviors, that attitude, that way of, of acting, it was, it was never there. And so when, when that happens so suddenly it's, it's so confusing. It's so confusing. At the time, because you, you don't understand what's happening and, and you don't get it. And he would, he would do that pushing and pulling technique, right? Pushing me away by being upset about something and then pulling me back in and then pushing me away, pulling me back in, um, making promises with no meaning behind them. I mean, this is all in hindsight. Um, false hope. Letting me believe false hope. And knowing that it, false hope is being given. And not caring is just I can't even explain it um so basically what this all boiled down to was last Tuesday he sent me a text message text message not even face to face saying that he thought our paths were on different trajectories and that he kept trying to fix things, but he couldn't keep breaking his own heart by trying to fix things. And it's, I, I'm like, I, trying to fix what? what, what I, and that was confused there too, because it's like, what were you trying to fix? I don't understand. I don't understand because you didn't communicate with me. And, you know, Followed by, I love you very much, and this is breaking my heart to even do this. And I'm always going to be there for you, and I promise you that. And I always told you that I would be, and I won't go back on my word. Things like that, that, that make it sound like it's a really tough thing for him to be walking away from this five-year relationship that we had. And I believed it because why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? You know, and I, and I think that it's healthy for people if they get to the point where they know a relationship is not working at that moment. And 
they know that if it just continues on the path that it's on, that you're going to wind up hating each other and, you know, all that other stuff. So I've always felt that it's better to end it before it hits that point. And so I could understand and I believed him when he said that his heart was breaking and that, you know, if things were meant to be, then they would be. And it was, you know, because I've said that before, too. And and then he ended it with he didn't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. I sent my message and I just said, okay, because I respect that. And, and then the next day, I just sent him a message basically saying like, you know, I love you too. And, uh, and I'm here for you whenever you want, whenever you want to talk, but I'm going to respect your boundaries because I respect your boundaries. And about two hours later, I was on Facebook and I looked at his profile. I saw in a relationship that was not in a relationship with me either. We had never put anything like that on Facebook because we never saw the point. It was in a relationship with another girl in April 2023. And he sent this message like May 4th, I think it was, or something. And so I took a screenshot of it and I sent him a message just saying, um, I'm sorry, what is, what is this? I feel like I, I feel like I have a right to at least know. Like, and at that point I was really confused, like trying to come up with any excuse in my head as to why it would even have that on there and, and why I couldn't, I couldn't process that that could mean anything other than maybe it was some chick who was getting, you know, um, bothered or, or harassed by another dude. And so she asked him to do her a favor and just say they were in a relationship because that's the kind of guy that he's always been. I, that That's the type of person that he, he is, that he would do that for somebody just, just to help them out. And so I was trying to come up with like just different, Things like that, you know. And he saw my message and didn't respond. And if it had just been something innocent like that, I think he would have responded right away. And he didn't until the next morning. At which point he said, he didn't expect to see himself in a relationship on Facebook already. And if any of you know Facebook, you know that if you put yourself into a relationship with somebody, that other person has to accept that relationship before it's posted on their profile. So for him to say that he didn't know about it or, or whatever, I don't know what era he thinks I was born in.
I didn't argue the point because I knew it was a bunch of BS at that point. And I was blindsided. I was so blindsided by it. And, and, and not only that, in, that, in this whole discussion afterwards, he kept saying how this gal had wanted to be an item with him. And he had to break things off with me first. And breaking things off with me apparently meant having me come and stay the night at his place three days before. He sent that message to me, breaking things off with me. Um, and then he kept saying, like, he, he's making chalked up to bad decisions. And, 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 and then turned it around on, on me. Again, there's a gaslight in the projection. The phrases such as... Um, I don't know how to let you be. I feel like I have to be there to help you make the changes that you need to make. Changes that I need to make. That I'm not making. I'm not the one doing good enough. I'm not the one trying hard enough. So... We've been in a relationship and he's obviously been talking to this other girl for I don't even know how long. But it's still somehow my fault. And he, he ends it with the saying that that the worst part of all this is, uh, that part was, is that he was afraid that I would cut him out of my life completely, and the thought of that killed him. And <laughs> I, <sighs> wow, I mean... Yeah, 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 I'd be afraid of that, too. I'd be afraid of that, too. You know, he, he made reference to me again, saying the house wasn't good enough. I never said that. I told him to stop putting words in my mouth because I'd never said that. And, and, and how I felt like he was just repeating. He was doing the word salad thing to avoid the question that I had asked, which was basically, are you seeing somebody else now? And instead of even answering it then, he just keeps going on about the house. And, and he keeps going on about how he wanted to spend time with me that one weekend and how there's some kind of hope for us. But you're breaking things off with me for somebody else. And 
again, I just flat out ask, I'm like, you still haven't answered this question. I'm like, how long has she and you been wanting to be in an item? How long has it been going on? Just be, be honest about that at least. And just tell me. Because it's not something that just happens overnight. It's something that cultivates over a period of time. And he had answered that he thought it was probably about a month-ish. And I'm as soon as he said that, my mind is going, no, there's no way. You're going to sit here and tell me that in a less than a month, you decided to throw away a five-year relationship for somebody that you've been talking to a month and somebody that you're in a relationship with the day after you break off the relationship with me. Um, but again, he had never actually answered the question of whether or not they were together or an item or whatever. And so I waited about a day and I, I finally just sent him a message flat out asking him again. I said, so are you guys an item? I just need to know. I didn't want to know. Any I wasn't going to ask any more questions. I wasn't going to start an argument. I wasn't going to do any of that because there's, there's no point. Any information I would have gleaned from any of that would have been unnecessary. It, it wouldn't have helped anything. And he said, yes. And then he said, and I know that, that hurts and it hurts him as well. <laughs> can't hurt that much because you did it. And then again, he goes, and at some point he would like to sit down and talk. About what? About what? I've been wanting to talk. I have been wanting to talk about our relationship and where it's headed or where it was headed or what was happening with it for months now. And he's never had time. And I basically just told him, I said, you have absolutely no idea how much this hurts at all. At all. And it ended up with basically just, you know, I just want him to be happy. And that's all that I've ever wanted for him. And then I ended it with like, I guess this is goodbye for now. And he goes, I'm not sure what that means. I feel like we'll be in each other's lives forever. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm sorry, but you're in a relationship now with another girl. Where I can somebody explain to me the thought process there? Because I just don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I didn't talk to him at all after that. Um, you know, I, I changed my profile picture on Facebook. I dyed my hair blonde. It's been dark and I wanted to do fun colors and whatnot. And posted some other stuff on there. And mind you, in the last four or five months too, anything I've ever posted on Facebook, he has not reacted to, commented on, made any acknowledgement of. But ever since Sunday, anything that I've posted 
he has either liked or put a little heart on it or whatever else. And it's like, I'm con what the heck? And at this point, I was starting to get just pissed because it's like, what are you doing? What the hell? What the fuck do you think you're doing? And then he sends a message to me today. After telling me Sunday that he would give me time to process and heal. And he said, hair looks good. I really liked it when you had a lot of different colors. Since fucking when? I used to have my hair a bunch of different colors. He never once said he liked it. Actually, I don't think he liked it at all. And I didn't respond. I didn't even open the message. I didn't respond at all today. And later, he sends a text message because I hadn't responded to his Facebook message. I can't ignore people. It's a really bad habit, but I can't. And he's like, I wasn't sure if you muted me, but and I'm like, I didn't mute you. Well, you didn't respond to the message that I had sent you, so I wasn't sure. And I'm like, what did you want me to say? You told me you were going to give me time to process and heal. How? What do you want me to say? And then he had a couple of questions for me. And I'm like, what are the questions? It was not even anything important. You know? And then he basically just ended it with, hope you have a good night and blah, blah. Which is more than he's communicated with me in the last four or five months again. And me being out of habit, you know, I let him know what I was doing tonight, you know, that this, that, or another thing. And before I caught myself, because it's habit, it's habit. When you're with somebody for five years and they're the person that you're talking, they're your person. So they're the one that you talk to. And it occurred to me that Maybe he's realizing what he's done. Maybe he's realizing that this relationship with this girl is just going to be a fling. And, and he wants to keep me in his orbit because he thinks he can just come crawling back and apologize and everything will go back to how it was before. And the problem is. I don't think that he understands the damage that he has done this time because I can understand taking a break in a relationship to work on it yourself, you know, apart from each other. I can understand that. I can respect that everything else. And even though he says like, you know, he was always loyal to me completely. I told him there's physically being loyal and honest and and whatnot but emotionally you were not and you can't even deny that you emotionally cheated and i didn't even suspect a thing never in a million years would that thought have crossed my mind that he was talking to somebody else another girl 
and not to mention getting close enough to her that he was going to end our relationship. Never, never. And that's, that is the worst gut check I have ever experienced in my life. Because I've never trusted anybody. Like I said, I've never trusted anybody before as much as I had him. And that trust is gone now because it makes me question a lot. What else has he lied about or, or left out, lied by omission? You know, how can I believe much of anything? What am I even supposed to think anymore? You know, and, and I realized this whole keeping me in the orbit because whatever. And it's like I said, it's like it hasn't occurred to him just how much damage he's done and that it, I, I can't go back now. I can't start over now. I can't breathe. Because I was so blindsided by it. And the false hope that was given. And then the confusion and the anger and the all these different emotions that I, I've never had anybody hurt me this badly before. And over the past four or five months, that's why I haven't gotten a different podcast episode out because I haven't been able to concentrate on anything because I have been so preoccupied with like trying to figure things out and trying to be a good significant other. And I was doing it for no reason. No reason at all. I was wasting my time for no reason. You know, five years. And like I said, this whole thing in the end with, his, with him just turning around and starting to date somebody else. I don't know how, I don't know if people understand and, and I want you all to listen to this. If you're in this relationship where you're in my position or if you're in the position that he was in the damage emotionally that is caused when you break trust like that, and that big, that huge, is so detrimental. Because how am I ever supposed to trust anybody again? How, am I, how, how? I don't even know where to, where to even start, you know? Because, like I said, I had no... And I know I've repeated this, but when, when you, you're taken by such surprise that it practically floors you and you can't wrap your head around it because it doesn't, it's like, it's like you want to wake up from a bad dream. Like it's not true. Like this can't possibly be true because 
because this would never happen. Like he wouldn't do this. This wouldn't happen. This isn't him. This isn't. This isn't us. This isn't how this is. This is. This isn't real. And then when you realize that it is, you question a lot. But at the same time, you also realize that a lot of the stuff that you thought was your fault wasn't your fault. So while there's like a certain amount of stress that's been lifted off my shoulders, there's a lot of hurt that's replaced because love is not as easily turned off as a faucet. You can't just turn it off. It would be a lot easier if you could. Trust me, it would be because I still love him. I still care about him. That hurts more than anything because I just don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. You can't just turn that off immediately. And like I said, I guess I felt I need to record this tonight because nighttime is the worst. There's nobody to talk to. Nobody's awake. I've got a great group of supporters, you know, here in town that are all wanted to go hunt him down the other night, but that, that's just joking. They wouldn't have, but they wanted to. Um, but right now when I'm by myself and I'm awake, my mind just does that. What if, what should I have done? What could I have done? Um, it hurts. It hurts. Don't do that to anybody, you guys. Don't do that to anybody. The relationship isn't working. End it before you start another relationship with somebody else because that's. absolutely trauma damaging and realizing how long the gaslighting and stuff has been going on that's a lot of trauma that now i have to process and i have to try to understand and get over and forgive myself for and at the same time Try not to love him. And, I, and I'm sure some of you have been in this situation where you can't, you can't just, you can't just stop. You can't. Um, I read a quote somewhere on Facebook yesterday that really stuck with me and so I wrote it down put it on my mirror in my bathroom um, it says uh, we can stop giving headspace to those who disregard our needs and forgive ourselves for tolerating what was never okay not every relationship can or should be rebuilt but the one with ourselves definitely is worth the effort So basically, a lot of people, I think, 
that that have tolerated behaviors and attitudes and things like that in in a relationship forget the fact that they need to also forgive themselves for tolerating that behavior as long as they did and while the major behavior i didn't even know was happening so i don't have that guilt on my shoulders thank goodness i don't have to worry about sitting here going i knew he was talking to another girl and i put up with it i because i didn't know but there were other behaviors that i did tolerate and i have to forgive myself for tolerating that stuff that was not okay that was not right that was not at all okay for him to do and and i have to come to terms with not every relationship is meant to be rebuilt and i had a therapist tell me one time that when a, a woman decides that they're done there's no changing their mind and there's no changing my mind. I don't give second chances when my trust, my heart, my soul has been shattered. There is no such thing as a second chance with me in that way. I've never given second chances. And that kills me. And when I say that it kills me and breaks my heart, I'm actually meaning it. When he says it, I don't know if he is or not. Because, like I said, how do I know what to trust out of his mouth? How do I know it's real? And what's just been a lie to keep me around for whatever reasons? Um, I know that was kind of a super downer episode, you guys, but I, I had to get it out. I had to, <sighs> because talking about it out loud and not necessarily having somebody else next to me, like, um, talking, you know, talking back helps me to work through some stuff it's like journaling only only i felt like talking it out would be better and i was really wanting to record my next case tonight but i just i couldn't i couldn't because i had to get this out first and it was nighttime <laughs> and i felt alone and i felt just yeah just that but good news is it's now after five o'clock so this was probably a really long episode wasn't it yeah almost an hour maybe hope it's still recording um because it's Kind of stop. Hold on.
I have no idea how much that cut off at that end there, guys, because this limits me to an hour and I wasn't watching the clock. I apologize for this being a downer episode. If you, if you actually happen to hang out through the whole thing, I do appreciate it, though. Uh, mainly because, like I said, I wanted to let what little audience I do have know the, the issues, the problems. It's not that I've just been slacking. I've been trying. And like I said, it's about 5.20 in the morning now. I hear birds outside. The sun will be coming up soon. So later this morning, when the sun is up and I'm feeling not quite so, you know, three o'clock witching hour like, I do have uh, a case to record. It's actually going to be a two parter. So I'll record the first part uh, later on this morning. So you guys will actually have a case to listen to in my um oh my goodness gradations of evil scale and i'm gonna start really focusing on that and focusing on the things that are important in my life because that's another thing the best sort of revenge when someone has hurt you is to live your best life and to show them that you're living your best life despite what they've done to you it's not about actually seeking revenge on that person or wishing ill harm on them or anything else because karma will eventually catch up. And trying to argue with him, trying to talk to him, trying to reason with him is futile. Futile at this point. It's just going to cause more hurt. And I'm not. That's the other thing with women. When they're willing to argue and fight with you. It means that they still care enough to want to make that relationship work. It's when they stop fighting that you need to worry. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of trying to make it work. I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I need to focus on things that are important to me. Because it's been almost a year since I started this podcast now. And I would really like to end this year of it on a good note. And not a haven't recorded for three months note. So thank you guys out there for sticking around, for listening, for putting up with this rambling crap tonight. Um, I don't know what's going to be in the show notes. Probably just the link to the link tree, which will link you to all the socials, things like that. Like I said, another episode or part one of the next case should be out later today. and. I don't want to sit here and promise you I'm going to do absolutely better and have a schedule and be regimented and all that stuff because that's just not going to happen. I have the name Nocturnal Distractions for a reason, but I will 
promise you to do my absolute best to be better. And that's all I can give you. Thank you guys for listening. And have a good morning, I guess. Bye.